Hi, welcome to Group Film, a roundtable discussion podcast where we dissect our favorite movies in a fun but hopefully also intelligent way. We consider ourselves cinephiles, and as such, our passion for the movies we talk about will hopefully come through. We'd love to share our thoughts not only amongst ourselves, but also with you, our listeners. Our podcast can run anywhere from an hour to two hours, so if you can't catch all of it, don't worry about it. But we hope that whatever time you're able to give to us, you learn something about the movie that gives you a greater appreciation for it or for movies in general. If the movie that we're talking about isn't your particular cup of tea, skip it. We'll have more for you to choose from down the line. Today's podcast is Jaws. When a killer shark unleashes chaos on a beach community off Cape Cod, it's up to a local sheriff, a marine biologist, and an old seafarer to hunt the beast down. Enjoy. How do you guys feel about this movie, having seen it now for the 20th time? I I enjoyed it in a different way this time because I was looking for specific notes of mm-hmm. the movie. Um, it doesn't terrify me anymore like it did when I was a child. Right. Uh, it awed me, but not in the traditional ways, in more of a very specific uh, movie buff type of way if that makes sense yeah i get you mm-hmm. yeah um i think it still holds up honestly because i saw it on uh i saw it on 4k and everything about this i mean i guess you could say some of the special effects or the i should say the practical effects because honestly mm-hmm. special effects as we know them now you got cgi you got green screen all this stuff i really didn't see much of if at all. I don't think they had anything in this. <clears throat> no, I think it was just a combination of, of practical effects and clever camera, you know, shots and tricks. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things that helps it to hold up. Because this movie came out in the 70s, right? If I'm right. not mistaken. <laughs> 75. <clears throat> and so for something to have been made since then and now in the year 2022, almost 2023, and to say that it holds up, that's impressive. Yeah. So, um, I enjoy this movie every single time I watch it, and I don't know, it's, there's always something new to appreciate. I, I think it'd be hard to find a movie that's almost 50 years old that holds up as well as this. I can't think of too many. Just Spielberg ones? Pretty much, right? <laughs> Anything that he has done, uh, holds up today. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, so, uh, there's so much to talk about when it comes to this movie, but we've kind of broken it up into uh, segments that are both funny and and at the same time um, serious. So what I'd like to do first, though, before we even get to those topics, is kind of go through a rundown of the film. What do you guys think? Okay, sure. Okay, so starting from the beginning, uh, we see all these young people having a, a beach campfire, Oh, we should say, uh, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen this movie in the last 50 years. Stop listening and and don't come back. I honestly (laughs) don't want you listening to this. You've had too long, too long to to watch this movie. It's just, that's unforgivable. Unless you have a good reason to not have seen it, then that's okay. Go out and watch it. There are no good reasons. Go out and watch it. There are no good reasons. Join us. So this is a movie I wish I had gotten to see in theaters. That theater experience that would have been, been amazing. Yes, and I've always regretted that when it comes back during the summer, sometimes I'll do a special screening of it, and I never seem to make it. We I'm should. going to at some point. Yeah, at Absolutely. some point. Let I me will. know when you do so I can join you. I'll join you for Jaws three. <laughs> uh, will they do three D? They sh- they better. Oh man, <laughs> that'd be great. I'll, I'll pass on that one. But 
Y'all have fun. Okay, so uh, the young group's having a, a beach campfire. When I saw it, I was just like, man, why don't, why don't we do that? We a need to beach have a, campfire? A beach campfire sounds like a really fun idea. We need a beach. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, why don't we just like go somewhere that has a beach? Okay. And then just get the... I don't know. Do you have to get a permit for that? Probably. Yeah, so I don't maybe think it's not just... as easy as I imagine. Yeah. Well, yeah, that, just... was, that was the 70s. Uh, different time. Different right. Time. You can't just randomly start fires nowadays. Yeah. You need a permit. So the the movie has one of the most terrifying openings I think in cinema history. Mm-hmm. Am I wrong? Nope. No, that wrong. that thing Iconic. is it's flat out disturbing. Uh, if you really watch it, it makes me uncomfortable. And it did this last time because she's just like wailing around, and by she I mean Chrissy, the first victim of the shark. Mm-hmm. Um, she's going nuts, uh, and she really sells it. She sells it really well. <clears throat> she could have won an Oscar for that little performance here that 30 seconds where she's just getting eaten um and she's a stunt woman yeah not not exactly not necessarily an actress she's a stunt woman because they needed somebody experienced in the motion of the water you know because it's still a stunt to be getting pulled back and forth like that wasn't she a professional swimmer too i think she was she yeah she did Uh She, she was so brody immediately believes that it was a shark attack he lists it as his probable cause of death on he was, his typewriter. He was on the phone with the medical examiner. Yeah, when that happened, right? So I think that the medical examiner told him shark attack, and that's why he typed it. That's true, you're right. Because then later on, the guy tries to recant, and he's like, wait, so all of a sudden now it's not a shark attack? Right. Yeah. And he told him, you're going to stand by this? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. All right. I thought that Brody just had good instincts. <laughs> you're ruining the character for me, Brian. Jeez. <laughs> no, that's the point. That's actually one... That is another difference that I saw, and I don't mean to deviate too much and talk about the book, mm-hmm. but um, I think if I'm not mistaken, Brody grew up on Amity Island in the book, mm-hmm. and in the movie he's from New York, right? So he's kind of like an outsider, like the audience is. You know, mm-hmm. we're coming in, we're having to learn these things, and so I think that is more effective because he has to learn as we learn. He's a fish out of water, pun intended. Ah. Yeah. Um, so later on, uh, when they're at the beach, um, just a fun fact, uh, the guy who's, uh, a really annoying Brody, the older guy, he, uh, Harry. Yeah. Uh, he says that's some bad hat, Harry. Yes. Yeah. Bad hat. Harry is actually JJ Abrams production company. Now I don't like the people of Amity. No, they're, they're way too focused on money, man, over preservation of life. Well, and that's the thing. <laughs> and is even that... like the possibility. I know they don't know for sure that, that it's a shark. Right. Especially in the beginning. But come on, man. So like two people have die and they're still talking about what are we going to do money wise? Right. And I think the part of the issue is that uh, the movie doesn't really go too much into depth on that part of it. But the fact of the matter is, is that this is the type of economy that has to make all its money in the summer because in the winter they make nothing. Yeah. So if they don't, then because Quint mentions it whenever they're in the again, we're just jumping ahead. But Quint does mention it mm-hmm. whenever he basically sets his price and he's like, either you're going to ante up or you're going to be on welfare in the winter. Yeah. And this, that's yeah. the point is because they're going to be dirt poor. They have they have nothing to go off of. So it's almost like, in a sense, the shark does what it does to survive, but the people of Amity have to do what they do to survive. Yeah, This is all just survival instinct. So I viewed it in, in two different ways. The city council is greedy, 
because they they've there's been two attacks already and they refuse to even entertain the idea of closing the beach for a weekend for quint to go kill this shark mm-hmm. uh, and then i view it as the people of amity are stupid because when they have this little town hall meeting where they talk about it uh and brody says yes the beaches are going to be closed and then mayor vaughn when he starts seeing their reaction about how people are going to start panicking mm-hmm. And again, it all comes down to his job security, I think. Uh, he says, well, we're only going to close it for 24 hours. And some lady yells out, 24 hours is like three weeks. Right. So the hysteria of even 24 hours of no beach in this beach town is just yeah. absurdity. And so from that point of view, I kind of sympathize a little bit with Mayor Vaughn, even though I hate him and I think he sucks. <laughs> and what's, what's uh, interesting is that he says it's only for 24 hours, but he only does that because of the pressure uh, of the people's reaction, yeah, at he that can time. sense it. He can see it in exactly, their exactly because right. Brody's just like, I didn't agree to that. Yeah, that's yeah, right. You know, that's right. So Quint's introduction is great. Uh, he immediately acknowledges that it's a shark. He gets introduced in the town hall meeting. Fun fact: he was originally going to be introduced in a different way. He was going to have his scene, his first scene, be in a movie theater where he is watching Moby Dick, and so that was going to yes. kind of parallel what he uh, ends up doing mm-hmm. um the reason that couldn't happen is because the rights of the movie belong to gregory peck mm-hmm. uh, gregory peck did not like his performance in moby dick and so he didn't even want a clip of it being shown in jaws right so that uh changed his intro but this introduction how do you guys feel about it i've uh, it's really good i like it i, I hate do. the nails on the chalkboard it it drives me crazy every it's time a, and i want to punch myself <laughs> It's because it hurts to listen to it. It is painful to think about and to listen to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But he he gets his point across, and I like his little monologue there, where he says, uh, you know, 10000 for me by myself. For that, you get the head, the tail, the whole dang thing. Mm-hmm. The uh, I know that it sounds like I'm kind of jumping around a little bit, but it's just based on where I was in the movie when I was watching it. The soundtrack is so good. Oh my goodness. Oh, yes. It, it's so effective. And it knows when to be calm and when to ramp up. Yep. Uh, the, the scene with uh, Charlie and, and Den Herder, I, uh, I have a more appreciation for that now. I like when uh, Den Herder is so like um, efficient with his words. He says, Charlie, take my word for it. Don't look back. Swim, Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, man, that's probably what I would say to somebody if they had a shark behind them. I say, don't look back. Trust me. Swim. Right. Yeah. That's the most important thing. And and Charlie does. He he swims so much. Poor Charlie, man. He just wanted to go home. I've got a, I've got a note about that, but when we get to it. And uh, I've got more to say about the score when we get to that. Cool. But cool. John Williams is the greatest. I think he, he's he's the goat in my opinion. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, the power of advertising back then. Uh, assuming this takes place in the seventies, there's like fifty fishermen that came by to to try to get this shark for three thousand bucks. Right? Yeah. Maybe back then that's a lot of money, and they all want to go for it. How much money would they have to offer fishermen today for you to go and travel to that town to try to catch that shark? Okay, is well- it like a million? I do have I do have that information. Uh, it's going to be in one of the categories that okay. I talk about it. Uh, but yes, it was three thousand was a pretty good amount in today's dollars. Okay. I looked it up just now. 
Yeah. I, I, yeah. So that that's that's one of, that's one of my category that uh, works. Answers. And if it was, and if it is that amount into it, well, no, yeah, it's pretty good, especially if you have a bunch of people who consider themselves experts in the field. Yeah. If you got a bunch of people that that think I've caught sharks, what's another shark? Let me just go get this one, and I'm gonna get paid a lot of money. It's worth it, you yeah. know. Yeah. Uh, one of the guys that shows up has dynamite, and I was just thinking, yeah. like, what's your plan, dude? <laughs> what are you gonna do? Like, throw the dynamite and hope that it sinks down? Maybe and blows a, him up. Maybe that's a bit of foreshadowing. Ah, uh, well, oh, maybe. Uh, the same newspaper guy. By the way, the newspaper guy, if I'm not mistaken. The actor, he's technically not an actor, he's Carl Gottlieb. He wrote Jaws. He's the writer. He did the screenplay. He's the newspaper guy that uh, at oh, first, yes. Yes, yes, which yes. is like, we're going to push this advertisement uh, by Mrs. Kittner so far back that it's no one's be... ever going to see. It's going to be with the groceries. Yes, that's right. <laughs> he's a punk there. And then later on, when the fishermen catch the tiger shark... He's all like, oh, yeah, we're going to publish this and we're going to make sure that it makes national news and, and all yeah. this. And I'm just like, this guy sucks. He's such a punk. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Quint, as they are, you know, have the tiger shark hanging, he's on his boat and he's just laughing. Yes. And I'm um, just like, that goes to show you his experience. He's all like, that ain't it. That's mm-hmm. not the shark. Mm-hmm. He's just making fun of them. Um, and he's right. Uh Brody and Vaughn, it was so nice seeing them smile so hard when they when they uh, catch the, the tiger shark. Yeah. And Brody's going around, and he's just, like, handshaking everybody. Yeah. And he's just like, that's swell. That's really good, guys. Good job. Yeah. Good job. You can just see and the relief he's, in his yeah. face. Right. Yeah. If that had actually been the shark, shortest movie ever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we're still doing the, the run-through of the movie? Yeah. Because we the- glossed over Alex Kintner. No, we're about to get there. Oh yeah, we did. We did pass. Yeah, we did okay. go through that. All yeah, right. but I'm about to talk about him right here. Um, Vaughn's line about Alex is really good, where he's all like, "He's like, you guys aren't about to do a, an autopsy here, yes. on a fish, That's and I'm not true. gonna have that Kittner boy spill all over the docks." That's right. Okay, yeah. but that was not well intentioned. That wasn't in an effort to uh, protect Mrs. Kittner or because of you know he didn't want. He was not interested in knowing that it was not the shark. Right. Any scenario. I think it was convenient for him to not figure right. it out. It was, yeah. He yeah. did not want to know that there was a possibility that was not the shark. So that's why he put it off intentionally. That wasn't uh, him in, in good-hearted trying to no, protect he's people's feelings. Looking that for was, excuses. Yeah, yeah, that was in his own self-interest. Right. Absolutely. There is a moment before we get to, you know, whenever all the fishermen show up and they catch the tiger shark. There's a moment when Brody is on the ferry and the mayor and the other select men, the the higher ups, Mm -hmm. the medical examiner, they go there and they talk to him. And this is one of the things that Spielberg is known for, where he'll have certain scenes in his movies that are intentionally long with no Mm -hmm. cuts. And it's great. I mean, it's just fantastic the way the way he's able to do this but i don't know if if you guys picked up on it from the time that they're on the ferry and then from the time that it actually cuts away i think we spend more than a minute and a half on a single take it's a single shot yeah right exactly and then it kind of starts you know because the camera is fixed on that piece of ferry basically as it's moving 
And then you have the characters that are talking and everyone's kind of like involved. And then you see Brody and Mayor Vaughn come back a ways and then they get further from the group but closer to the camera because it's now it's something a little bit more intimate where this is something that's on the down low. You know what I mean? This isn't something that's official or whatever else, but this is Larry trying to tell Brody, look, I know you're not from around here, but this this is important. Mm-hmm. This is why I'm telling you that we can't be causing a panic right. because we need we need the money coming in for the summer and everything else. So it, it just kind of lends to that little bit of shady dealing type from the mayor itself. But I mean, that's all communicated just from where the characters are and where the camera is placed. That's yeah. it. You don't have to have someone tell you that this guy is trying to do some kind of shady dealing. Yeah. You just pick up on it because of the way it was filmed. And that's just goes fantastic. To, goes so. to show you how smart Spielberg is. Because oh, this is, I think this is his second film, right? Yeah. That he ever made. He's a young guy. I think he's 26 or 27 when he makes no, this movie. Not, well, second big film. Big film. He had done, some, he had done. what was the first one? I can't remember now. Sugarland. Sugarland Express? Sugarland or Express. Or was that a TV show? I'm not sure. I don't remember. Yeah. But well, then, because there was another movie that he did before that he considers to be, this to be the spiritual successor of, and it's called Duel. Duel. There you go. That's it. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So going back to Shady Dealings real quick. That's the moment on the ferry where the medical examiner all of a sudden has changed his story. Yeah. To where, no, it's a boating accident. Yeah. What do you guys think convinced him to do that? Was that political pressure? Political pressure. Was he paid off? Could have been. Maybe. Could have been. Because it's a complete 180 versus originally. Right. And we never Mm -hmm. really find out the why. My, My intuition is that he was coerced into changing his statement. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah, and and I, I want to say something about that. Um, this movie, uh, aside, it just keeps money as the main reason why they want to keep Amity's beaches open. In the book, which you read and, and, and I've read, um, it's actually got a, a bigger reason behind it. Vaughn would close the beaches, but he needs them open because he has to pay the mob. Uh, yeah. The mob is the one that's basically saying you can't close those beaches because we still got to get our cut, and so that is what motivates Vaughn to keep them open. The book is pretty pretty crazy. Um, yeah, it's it's got some com- subplots in there in that, comparison that are yeah. not good. <laughs> I uh, I'm glad that they didn't do a straight adaptation of the book. Yeah, this one I think it's simple, and as much as uh, you know. Uh, yeah. As much as we criticize Vaughn, if you really put yourself in his shoes, he's looking out for people's financial interests. Right. That's what, that's, that was my point. And for him, really, it is speculation. They had never seen a shark like that in, in that area. And all of a sudden, you know, one, one person, I think, at that point in time had said that, you know, or, or had died. And mm-hmm. then Alex Kittner, that is when it became real. Mm-hmm. Um. So, yeah, I mean, you kind of feel for the guy to a point. He's at a certain point. He should have been like, that's enough. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I don't want to I don't want to hate the guy. And and the performance by Murray Hamilton is great. He's he's so good. I do character. hate the guy because <laughs> yeah. more people die before they finally. And even then, yeah. even when. But that's most movies, isn't it? Even most when, movies like this, a lot of people have to die before certain people wake up and smell. Even the coffee. when the rower dies in the pond, and Michael was in the vicinity, Michael was in danger for yeah. the second time already, which is amazing that he was in the immediate vicinity. 
Even then, Larry was refusing to write the check. He was still defending his actions. Yeah, no, I don't I, think I, he I, refused to, to write the check. He just he was in in, in a state of shock. Yeah, he point, seemed yeah. pretty distraught. Yeah, yeah. He, seemed, he seems out of whack. But Brody get to that literally be- had to forcefully make him do it. Yeah. Even then, he couldn't really see this is an easy, automatic decision. Yes, and, let's go kill the shark. And we're going to get to that because I need to get your opinion on something. On, on something that happens in that scene. Um, Mrs. Kintner, her performance, great. Great. She's in one scene, basically. One and a half scenes. And, and she does really good. Uh, she sells that sadness, you mm-hmm. know, about my boy is dead. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted you to know. That's right. There was um, hypocrisy in her statement. But <laughs> that's another That's another point. I have that Hypocrisy? Yes. Where? Okay. It's, it's, he's going he's gonna to talk about it later, I guess, and yeah, as a criticism. The... <laughs> Uh, the dinner scene is pretty good. The one where Hooper comes in. I thought it was really funny how he's there for like 30 seconds and he's just like, is somebody going to eat this? Yeah. <laughs> and he just grabs the food and, and goes at it. Uh, and the whole wine thing, you, you might want to let that breathe. Right. And, and Brody's just like, he's he's so yeah. exhausted and, and so over this that he just pours like, f- you know, five, six of his glass with the wine. Um, maybe we can... Okay, now that you brought that up, because I, yeah. I remember uh, Spielberg saying something about uh, color choices in this movie are very deliberate. Huh. Uh, he wanted to make sure that when you saw red, it was associated with the shark. Really? Yeah. Essentially, that's what, that's what he wants. And that's why he tries to avoid red when possible um, throughout the movie. Really? I didn't. I have never heard that. But and then cool. he did mention something about the red wine at dinner and there's some symbolism to it but i don't know what what do you guys think well i mean that's right before they go autopsy the tiger shark right yeah yeah so maybe the fact that there was more bloodshed to come there's nothing obvious that's hitting me right now right i don't know if he was trying to make like a last supper kind of reference also yeah maybe maybe could be this is the Last Supper before Brody's gonna have to go and save the save the island, so to speak. Right. Through their exactly. combined efforts, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. He he mentioned that and it and it did strike me as kind of interesting. So yeah. after they do the the shark dissection, they go out onto Hooper's boat <laughs> because Hooper's just like it's a night feeder. It's like we'll find it now. Question for Andy: How much would they have to pay you to go out at night on Hooper's boat to go search for that shark? Give me a number. Does he stay as on the boat? Lo- as long as I don't have to Hooper's get in going, the water. Hooper's going with you. As long as I don't have to get in the water like Hooper. Hooper was crazy to get in the water, too. Yeah. He was naive at that point. But he was using sonar. And he didn't pick up on it. Like, sonar even picked up on schools of fish and stuff. Yeah. There's... there's I don't know what number that would have to be to get me <laughs> in the water at night. Uh, I do have a comment on Hooper's boat later. Oh, okay. In, in one of the categories, yeah. Cool, cool. Um... Brody mentions on the, in this scene, 25 years in Amity without a shooting or a murder. That's a pretty good stat. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's, mm-hmm. a, yeah. that's good so, for a town. Real, real quick, now that you mentioned that, because I had that in my notes, I like that we don't learn too much about Brody in the movie, his background. But I thought that's the real, only, that's really the only significant thing we learn, mm-hmm. is the fact of why he left New York. And it's because it had apparently become so dangerous, so violent. He didn't want to raise his family there. He felt like he wasn't making a difference as a cop. And so he comes to this little town where he's like, okay, it's safer. 
and maybe I'll matter here. Maybe I'll be able to make a difference. That's and right. sure enough, he ends he up making a difference. He yeah, says here, cool. one man can make a difference. Yeah, yeah that's and, right. And he, he says does. this while drunk. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's right. He also uh, says one of the greatest lines from the movie. Yeah. It's only an island if you look at it from the water. Well, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Line. Yeah, that was good. There's some good lines in this movie. Um, Hooper states in this scene that he comes from money. Question for you guys. How much do you think Hooper's worth? He doesn't say because he asks him. He's like, how much? And he's like, personally or the whole family? Right. That's he's right. Like, uh, what do you think this guy's net worth is? <laughs> well, it's tough because you got to think in 1975 dollars. Right. And so it's going to be a lot less than you would think. It's but in the millions, was, though, right? That was a nice boat. The family money, yeah, for sure in the millions. We talking like 15, 20 or more than that? No, that'd be too much for back then. For 75? That's, yeah, that's three or four times in today's dollars. Mm-hmm. That's right. Okay. He Maybe had enough 10. money to pursue his his passion, which was marine biology or whatever it is that he studied. Minimum, and, he's got $3 million by 1975 standards. Because he says it so confidently like are like yeah. are you rich yeah yeah just him just him three mil just, just him. him the family's got more but yeah. he's got three yeah at least i could see it yeah yeah uh so hooper goes down into that dark water water sorry uh ben gardner's face shows up and he drops the tooth his knife and the flashlight you can't blame him quick, uh, quick side note th- there what happened to me too ben gardner because we see him earlier in the movie yes and uh that is a local of Martha's Vineyard, where this was shot and filmed. And um, his single line in the movie, whenever he's kind of going out in the boat, is his own. Like, that's just... Ad-lib? Yeah. Oh, nice. That's just himself talking. Cool, Because Spielberg just really liked him. In fact, he said that had this guy actually been an actor and maybe went to, like, an open casting call, he might have flirted with the idea of casting him for Quint. Wow. Because it's almost like the purest real life version of him that he's seen yeah legit fisherman maybe he is oh he is yeah, yeah. and nice. so he got and because Spielberg liked him and he gave him a little bit more you know of a role in the movie he got to have a speaking part and then they casted his head for that for that scene wow where you see his head in the water so hooper drops everything and he's on his way back up i put wrote down here 50 bucks says he soiled himself on the way up. <laughs> Easily. Easily, man. That water turned a different color. Um, (laughs) I wrote down here, again, I love Mayor Vaughn as a character, but man, he is stubborn. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so now that we're talking about the tooth that Hooper dropped, I hate how insistent he is on, do you have the tooth? Yeah, because why would he lie? Without the tooth, then you have no proof. And it's because he's in denial the whole movie. He refuses to accept Mm -hmm. any outcome that is not the beaches stay open. So you guys are much more forgiving of him than I am. I think he was negligent. And in today's world, he would have been uh, embroiled in a scandal after all this transpired. And he would have been sued by everybody who lost somebody and everybody who basically sat on that beach. So he would never work. Do you think he gets reelected as mayor of Amity? Oh yeah. Well, yeah. in Jaws too, is he real still life part politician? Of, isn't I, he still part of the city council? He's still yeah. I don't know if he's still mayor Vaughn, but that's a good question. We don't I'll have to look at that. Um, okay, so I think I might have done something weird with my notes here and went backwards, or something happened here. But um, July fourth. But okay? now he's talking about the Meg. Yeah. Okay. No, no, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> July fourth. All right, we see um, Peter Benchley is the reporter. Right. Peter Benchley is the author of the book, Jaws. 
that's cool um and that's what he did like as a living yeah he would do tv presenting oh would he yeah oh i didn't that's why that's why he was comfortable doing this little role in the film because it's like well this is what i do anyways i don't have to show any kind of emotion i don't have to act so to speak yeah i do my job as i normally would just with these lines so he was cool with it i like vaughn how he just shows up to that one family he's like why aren't you in the water nobody's getting in please get in the water (laughs) and so the guy's just like uh okay takes his whole family like instead of him just going he takes the whole family yeah so that more people can be encouraged i guess to go out again hypocrisy on mayor vaughn's part you get in the water yeah that's what let's see you and your swim trunks that's what they should have told him not not even him later on in the hospital when they're dealing with michael and he tells brody my kids were there too at the beach well then put your kids in the freaking water yeah (laughs) It's like nobody's in the water. Tell your own kids to get in the water then if you feel so confident about this. That's right. But but they were, were, right? They weren't in the water first. They got in the water later, maybe. Right. But he sacrificed them first. He said, let's test the water first, see if there's actually a shark or not. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the family gets into the water and it shows you a shot of the wife and her face is priceless. Yes. She's so freaked out. She's just terrified. She's just like, oh my gosh. (laughs) Um, How much trouble do you think those kids doing the shark prank get in? Are they going to jail? Are they? Are their parents getting fined? Well, is, it's the is, 70s. It, is it a don't ever do this again and we'll let you off the hook? In 2022, that whole family gets canceled <laughs> yeah. really, really hard and very quickly yes. and publicly ostracized. In 1975, you can already tell how forgiving they were of those kids. Yeah. Oh, it's just a harmless And it's prank. a small town, too. They probably know the family. Yeah, so nothing happened to those kids. But those kids were terrible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we're at the hospital scene, right? And this is uh, this is what I wanted to mention to you, Andy. In the hospital scene, it kind of looks like Mayor Vaughn has remorse. He was he says, you know, I was looking out for the town's best interests, and I believe him when he says that. And then he even says, you know, my kids were on that beach too, Martin. But while he's doing all that, he also says, and if you hear him, I don't know if he says it once or twice. He says August. Meaning he's still thinking about money. Yeah. He's still thinking about how do we save, you know, ourselves financially right. next month. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And so it made me question now, is his remorse truly, you know, authentic? It's not genuine. I think it's genuine for the wrong reasons. Because I think he regrets his choices. I think he truly regrets his choices up to that point. Mm-hmm. But because it's going to affect him financially. Right. And not because of the loss of life. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, next thing is, uh, I love Brody's resolve. Uh, when it, Right there in the hospital scene where he tells him, he's like, you're going to pay that guy what he wants. <laughs> and he yep. pulls out the, the check where he's like, doesn't he say you something a, like, you got a pen? Yeah. You got a pen in here? Yeah. He's like, you're going to do what you do best. That's really great. B, question for you. The drink that Quint made... That Brody tries. Yeah. And he tells Hooper, don't don't drink that. <laughs> Do you think it's better or worse than my nasty? Ah, uh, geez. For you uh, listeners and viewers at home, uh, Steven created, this is his own creation. One heck of a drink. A, a cocktail. Y'all should try it at home. That he calls the, <laughs> the NAS, NAS as in nice, NAS tea, because it is a variation of a Long Island Except worse in every single way. What is it? It's, it's gin. Uh, it's 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 uh, gin. 
is already Coke and lemonade. <laughs> this is disgusting. This sounds gross. I kind of want to try that now. No, Dude. no, you don't. Dude, it's not the worst thing you've ever drank, but it's it's going to be in your top five. I'm pretty sure Quince, Moonshine, or whatever, like, he probably uses it to clean out engines, and I'd rather drink that. His, I no, think. okay. I'm, I'm thinking his was worse. For Here sure. was my big issue with that scene, and I, I guess you guys didn't catch it. Quinn's hands are covered in blood when he hands him that drink. Literally, he's dripping both arms in blood, fingertip to elbow. Oh, I didn't catch that. I didn't see that. Yes. And I thought, why would you accept that? And of course, why would you ever drink that? He's covered yeah. in blood. I don't know what he was messing with. Yeah, blood? But, yes. Blood. Blood. But Brody's probably not like weirded out by that. It's like, it's a dude who does this for a living, you know? His hands are going to get bloody. He's in, his, he's in his shack. He's boiling jaws yeah. of sharks. So he was taking apart a shark. Probably. And had blood all over his he, arms he and was hands. elbow deep and yeah. shark guts. So that, for me, is why you don't drink that drink. Because, <laughs> because, of, the, because of the blood on just Because of the blood on yeah. his Just because of the sanitary issue. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. So Quint makes a comment about Hooper's shark cage. Not wrong. Not wrong at all. What do you say? He basically said, he says that, you know, it's kind of when he's questioning him. He's just like, so you go in the cage, cage goes in the water, shark's, shark's in, in the, the water, water. shark goes through the cage, <laughs> kind of letting him know he can get through the cage if he wants to. He's a big enough shark to do it. Mm -hmm. He wasn't wrong. Right. In the end, he was right. Yep. Um, I like the line, or, or when uh, Ellen Brody, the wife, uh Ask Mario, he's like, what am I supposed to tell the kids? Tell them I'm going fishing. I like that line. <laughs> yeah. Um, the shot of the orca. Uh, Andy and I were talking about this before the uh, we started. Foreshadowing. If you see it, it's uh, the orca taking off. Yes, I know exactly what yeah, you're talking about. But it's from inside Quinn's shop or whatever. Yes. And it's like it's kind of going into the mouth of the shark. Yes. Letting you know that the boat in itself is doomed. Yep. It's going to fall victim to the jaws of the shark. Yeah, there's going to be a confrontation. Yes. I thought that was cool. I, um, You don't always notice these things, but I did this time. Yeah. Um, Hooper berating Brody. You screw around with these tanks and they're going to blow up. And he literally says, blow up uh, with emphasis. Mm -hmm. he said, and they're going to blow up. And that, again, is foreshadowing. But also it's funny how the same emphasis he gives to those two words... Brody does it twice on his on as the ship's sinking. Hmm. When he's like, come on, show me the tank. Show me the tank. Blow up. Blow up. And then right before he actually kills the shark, right. he says it again. Blow up. This is this is the difference between a a good screenplay and a good script, as opposed to one that is not so great. Mm -hmm. This is how you show and don't tell, which is a you know, generic rule for storytelling. Because you could have filmed a scene where they're loading up the tanks and Brody is just like, hey, what are these for? And it's like, oh, they're scuba tanks, but careful with them because if punctured or something, then they could blow up or whatever else. That's just exposition. Yeah. You're just feeding exposition to the audience so that they know later on that that tank can blow up, right? But it happens in this case organically because he has his task. He pulls the wrong line which in itself is good character development because, again, Brody's the fish out of water, right? Yeah. He's the inexperienced one. So you have that bit of development, and in the process of him messing up, you get Hooper telling him that it can blow up, 
you get the exposition you need without really missing a beat. Everything is just so purposeful. I'm telling you, it's 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 great, great right when, when yeah, when things can appear to be organic, mm-hmm. and yet you get the audience to understand what you need them to understand, exactly, or prepare them for something. Not easy to do. No. Okay, so you've mentioned two instances of foreshadowing. Do we dive into foreshadowing now? Because I got yeah, my let's whole, go for it. My whole list of different times where it, it was really surprising to me how much this movie foreshadowed stuff that was going to happen. He said, "Dive in." Did you catch that? I like that. He said that. That was intentional, wasn't it? Very nice. That was foreshadowing. (laughs) You're Um, foreshadowing? (laughs) Okay. Okay, so the first one I noticed was right after Alex Kittner's death. Michael is in his little boat that was a gift, and Sean is on the little dock there. Mm. And Brody just has a fit, you know, who freaks out that, no, I don't want him in the water. And Ellen's thinking, no, you're overreacting. He's just, you know, in his little boat. Give him a couple more minutes. Mm -hmm. But then she's flipping through his book that he had just been reading about sharks, and she sees how a shark can headbutt a boat yes. and capsize it, basically. And she immediately yells, Michael, get out of the water. Yeah. <laughs> um, and of that. course, that the headbutting of the boat and capsizing is exactly what happens later on in the movie. That's right. Um, another instance uh, was in that same book. It shows one of the sharks. It shows a shark with a tank in its mouth. Mm. And again... I had not caught that, dude. Yes. I want to go back and see that. I saw that. Yeah. That's right. And so that comes into play later and then again like steven's already mentioned when uh brody pulls the wrong uh the wrong ro- line the wrong line yeah, yeah and frees the tanks and uh hooper says you screw around with these tanks they're gonna blow up and quint says well i don't know what the shark's gonna do with it but he might eat it yeah again foreshadowing stuff that's to come um it also foreshadows how quint is gonna die when uh Earlier in the movie, Charlie, and I can never remember the other guy's Dan name. Dan Herder. Yeah, it's such a weird name. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But they're on the dock. They're using his wife's roast to try to yes. bait the shark. But of course, the shark knocks over the dock, and it's on an incline now. So Charlie's just hanging onto some wood, trying to climb his way back up. That's exactly how Quint, Quint dies. He's hanging on to the boat, trying to climb up an incline before the shark gets him. Mm. Um, and then... The, another one was uh, that foreshadowed Quint's death was when he told the USS Indianapolis story. Uh, he mentioned that on Thursday, you know, after they'd been in the water for a couple days, he saw his friend Herbie, and he went over to him only to find out that he'd been bitten in half. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly how Quint dies also. In half. That's yeah. right. And so the last one that I noticed, and I'm, I, I bet there were more. I think you guys alluded to one earlier that was foreshadowing that I hadn't caught. But it foreshadows what would happen to Hooper as well when they're eating dinner. When he's eating dinner with the Brodies, he tells a story of how when he was a child, he got a fishing boat and he caught a baby thresher shark. Mm. And the shark scared him to death, destroyed his boat, and so he had to swim back to shore. And of course, at the end of the movie, that's what the happens. Jaws, yes. The shark scares him to death. <laughs> it destroys the boat, and he has to swim back to shore. That was nice. really good, man. I was impressed when he told me that one. That's yeah, nice. so there was a. T- I was surprised once I caught one. I just kept noticing the rest of them. I'm like, wow, that is very deliberate. Yeah, it's almost spoiling the movie for you, honestly. Mm-hmm. Only if you can piece it together. Yeah, and I think, mo- but most people aren't on first watch. Stuff. No, you yeah. would never put all that together. Right. Um, Quint's dislike of Hooper and what Hooper represents is so real. (laughs) 
it's 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 tangible um working class hero yeah all this like he just does not like that this guy comes from money and and he's scholarly and all this mm-hmm. and well educated <clears throat> i don't know why he has that beef um who knows i mean there's so much backstory that there could be with these characters but i do like one thing that he says later on uh when quinn proves that he's right He's like, well, this proves one thing, Mr. Hooper, that you wealthy college boys don't have the education enough to admit when you're wrong. That's true. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, that was pretty good, Quint. Yeah. That's, pro- that's probably the smartest thing you've said all movie. <laughs> yeah. There's constant back and forth between those two characters. Yeah. When one is right, one is wrong, neither refuses to, to yield any ground. They refuse yeah. to admit when they're wrong. Well, because they're both experts. Yeah. yeah. In, different In different ways. In different ways. Different ways. Yeah. Right. right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Hooper cracks me up, too. I, I I liked his character a lot more this time around. Um, I almost want him. I, I want like a spinoff of Jaws where Hooper's just like going on that Aurora ship or whatever, and going on expeditions and like hanging out with his buddies and uh, I don't know. His, his, see what his dating life is like. <laughs> I don't know. I want to see something. Um, but when he just and we used to get a kick out of this Andy back in the day remember with a hooper and everything yeah. and Quint's always like hooper do this hooper do that and uh, and at one point Hooper gets on and he's just like aye aye sir arr, arr. <laughs> just so funny uh, random question how much would they have to pay you again Andy and Brian to go on the orca with Quint for a few days the sharks in the water and you get to pick one crewmate. Who are you taking? How much do they have to pay you? And who are you taking with you? I'm not getting on with Quint. You have no to go chance. on with Quint. There's no amount of money. And with this shark in the water? This I'm going to die. I'm destined to die. Ten million. This particular shark is in the water. This particular shark. How many days? Let's say three. I'm not taking the money. It's no? not enough money, no. Because I am certain <laughs> to die. Instead of who it's going to be Andy. <laughs> Andy. Tie it quicker, Andy! Hurry up! <laughs> Full throttle, ain't you watching? Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm oh not getting it. Not with Quint. Not with Quint? No. Okay, what about you, B? Man, I don't know. I think I would. They're paying you 10 million. Now you pick the crewmate. Who are you taking with you? For, it's, it's you, Quint, and somebody else. For me and 10 mil. Hmm. Don't take Iris. <laughs> that's just mean. Yeah, no, I wouldn't yeah. do that to her. The odds aren't great. That Plus, all three of you are making it. Quint will be mean to her. Yeah, yeah, he's incredibly sexist throughout. Oh the movie. my gosh, he is, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. I noticed that too. Yeah. Um, man, that's a good question. I need to pick somebody less experienced in seafaring. <laughs> less experienced. That way, that but way, still he capable, can, right? That way, he can like you know direct all his insults at at yeah, that person. Yeah, but then he yeah. expects you to actually do stuff. Crap, you're right. You want somebody more experienced. You want to be the guy who doesn't know so anything, either, so nothing is expected of you. Either I, I do my part, or I get ridiculed. Yeah. yeah. Neither of those sound good to me. Okay, next thing. Uh, Brody's initial reaction to seeing the shark. That was great, man. His When he when he just like pops back like that, and you just see his, his, his face. Unbelievable. Good performance. You're going to need a bigger boat. That line has Famous. to be, is that in the top, would you say the top 50 movie lines of all time? Easy. Top 25? Easy. Top 10? Probably. Andy? I think top 10 is too ambitious. I okay. think top 25 for sure. Top 10 is probably, might be a stretch. You go to anybody without context and you say, 
if the situation calls for it, you're going to need a bigger boat. They're going to understand what you're trying to say. So uh, Hooper gets a look at the shark and he goes, that's a 20 footer. And Quinn, <clears throat> 25, excuse me, goes 25, three tons on him. I love that line. Mm-hmm. It, and, and Quinn's face also, uh, just as he's like measuring the shark with his eyes. And he's all like, I know I've got my work cut out for me. Mm-hmm. This is a bigger shark than I thought. You right. know, he already knew that it was probably a great white, but I don't think he knew how big this one was. Right. Uh, I didn't look it up, but 25 feet for a shark. Is that really, really big? Or is yes. that is that that's very big? Yeah, is, it's yeah. really uncommon, at, especially at the time. They were saying that um, some had been sighted at that point to be maybe twenty one or twenty foot long, mm. and uh, and those were the ones that were just sighted. They didn't want to make something so comically huge that now it's not believable, right? Yeah, but it had to be big enough to where it was imposing and threatening and scary. Yeah. So they scaled it up to twenty five. Well, okay. and I, I think the record's like thirty feet, right? Like for a great white, now talking about n- not like megalodon, you know, prehistoric, but I feel like I've seen that on Discovery Channel and stuff like that, where Let's it's see. like thirty-ish feet is like a, a, a record. Um, this made me laugh. Brody says at a certain point, I don't know if you guys caught it, we could radio in and get a bigger boat. <laughs> I did catch that. Yeah, it's not the first time he wanted a bigger boat. He mentioned he it a couple t- times. That's awesome. <laughs> oh man, biggest shark ever recorded was 20 foot long oh wow really okay Okay. so they just went five feet higher on this one um the scars scene pretty cool um sad that the only scene where quint and hooper get along is when they're dark when they're drunk well and hooper wasn't even drunk yet i don't think he Um, i think all three i I, I think they 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 found common ground there with the scars and yeah that's the only time they get along yeah the speech that monologue that is one of my favorite monologues ever and it didn't become great to me until i became an adult when Mm. you're watching this as a kid you get to that part and you're just like like, oh my gosh, when is this going to be over? When are we going to see the shark again? And now yeah. as an adult, you you watch this guy's performance as he delivers that, and it's so good. Mm-hmm. It's so believable. Um, I Shaw. love the way he ends it, man. Robert Shaw is unbelievable in this movie. Anyway, we delivered the bomb. I love how he ends it with that. Kind of like almost sarcastically. Like, I lost all my guys, including my friends, but the mission was a success. Kind of just like it wasn't worth it. Basically, he's like, "Yeah, we did what we set out to do." Yeah, yeah well, but they, look what they, it cost. They, they, uh. ended, they ended, they ended the war. So yeah. it was, you know, not Delivering... worth it. Not worth it to him. But... Which one was first, Nagasaki or Hiroshima? I don't know. Because they were deli- He says they were delivering the Hiroshima bomb. Right. Richard Dreyfus said that because you can see his face during that speech. Yeah, and he says that's all genuine. He's yeah. like, and there's moments in film where, as an actor, you kind of have to feign interest because yeah. the character's interested in what the other character's saying he didn't have to feign it here. there was no acting there he he was he couldn't take his eyes off him question for you guys is brody a bad shot he misses a bunch of shots with his glasses on like the shark's right there and he takes like five shots at it and misses three of them <laughs> what do you mean right there it's still quite a ways it's, away it's not that far away man how it, far away the thing's 25 feet long it's massive. It's 3,000 pounds. It's under the how do you, water. How do you miss like 60% of your shots? 
It's, yeah. I'm just saying, that's he's a pretty bad shot. In Brody's uh, defense, well, he makes the shot that counts at the end of the movie. That's yeah. right. That was a difficult shot. Oh, I'm not even talking about those. Yeah, no, I'm talking about when he's got yeah. his little pistol. He's right. got the pistol. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I think the water takes some of those. The shark is moving faster than maybe the camera makes it appear. Mm. And then he's also terrified of this shark. I and mean, of the water. All that, yeah, all that comes into play there. Could be. It's yeah. hard to aim on a boat that's moving the whole time. You know? Saying, I'm just saying, if, I, if I'm if I have a authority over Brody, I'm signing him up for like shooting range. Mark the sip. Yeah. Oh, right. He's he's in the range for the next week until he takes brings those numbers up. <laughs> uh Okay, so Quint destroying the radio. At that point, I'm pretty pissed. I've never understood that drove me crazy as a kid, and I still can't really understand it other than it was, this is uh, Quint's white whale, kind of like the Moby Dick allegory. Yes, that's that's what it is. It's personal. Mm -hmm. I have to kill this shark. Nobody else can come and help. Nobody else can get any credit for it. That's right. It has to be me. You hit it on the nail. That's it. That's exactly it. So he destroys the radio. You're already mad, right? Yeah. But when he kills the engine. And now the boat is sinking. If I'm Brody at that point, I'm throwing down. Well, the, the, I'm so mad. They weren't like, getting away anyway. The like, engine is irrelevant yeah, yeah, at that point. The, they couldn't get away. The shark was already taking down the boat. No, they they were dragging the shark along, right? Or forcing the shark. They were basically going to try to drown it. They were they were trying. That was the original plan. Yeah, you tie the barrels he, to it with the iron, and he pushed it too hard, and he killed the engine. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So giving the shark a chance to to survive, but also, oh yeah, they were gonna like drown it by getting it too close to shore, right? Right. Yeah. Okay. But he pushed it too hard. Yes. Right. And on purpose. On on purpose, just to you know get in on Hooper's nerves, right? Because Hooper's cause, the one telling them like ease up. But we, at that point, the shark was chasing them already. But it doesn't matter if the shark's chasing if him. If the shark's chasing him and he's not going fast enough, then he knows that it's going to catch up and just keep... But that's fine, but they're not sinking yet. The shark's going to make it sink. He, he's going to have to hit it again. Yeah. I, think, I think they were already sinking at that point. They weren't sinking. They the were sh- taking on it, water. They had Yeah, they were yeah. taking on water. They had been since early that morning, yeah. right? But that's what ruined it. It's when, when now they're stationary and they're too far away to swim... And they can't get help. It was it was a lose lose. I mean, either yeah, either you go slow. Yeah, either you, you don't go, defend Quinn. Yeah, don't either, defend either you Quinn go, here, man. You go slow. The shark catches up and finishes what it already started because that engine was starting to mess up because the shark attacked the boat to begin with, mm. and it took salt water on. Okay. Yeah. So either it's gonna finish what it started if they go too slow, or he just tries to get it as close to land as possible by pushing, you know, the orca as far as it'll go. And then he kills the engine. Yeah, but I, I'm not. I'm sorry, man. I'm not defending Quint on that one. I'm not even defending Quint. I'm just saying. Um, yeah, it, I, it, there I, was I no good. That was. There's no good solution. That's all I'm saying. Just ease up on the engine a little bit. What? <laughs> just, just listen to Hooper for once and ease then up. They, they just get he, a little bit closer to shore, and then the same outcome where the shark basically takes the boat. Uh, then call the coast guard. Well, the, the radio's gone. <laughs> yeah, That's the, the radio's part gone. Where but but you're close enough to where somebody maybe I don't know. And who doesn't have like a little lifeboat or something? I don't know if they would have made it to no, shore. No, the lifeboat. No, no. But the sharks. It, he gonna, had nothing. Yeah, I mean, was, just bad that's, all. That's around. kind of the point. He had the life vest. Still didn't put one on. Getting, he said he refused. Getting everywhere went again. That was, that's my next point right here. The life jackets. Quint looks at them after messing up 
Brian. <laughs> he looks at the life jackets and realizes basically that they could sink and he might have to swallow his pride. Cut to the next shot. He only gives a life jacket to Brody and Hooper, but not himself. Right. So he stays true to his word and uh, and he's never putting a life jacket on again, which he won't. Um, but he did finally eat some humble pie. As soon as he gives them the life jacket, they have like a moment of silence. The three guys, they're quiet for like 20 seconds there. And then he goes and basically asks Super, do you want to try your method? Uh, I'm glad that he finally got there after trying everything that he was sure was going to work. Hooper says, I've got to inject a shark in the mouth. And I'm just thinking to myself, dang, I wouldn't want that job. (laughs) Like the mouth of the shark has to be open. Basically, an eating position for you to be able to inject him. I would not want to do that. Uh, so that sucks. Uh, when he's getting into the cage, I love what he says. You remember what he says? Ain't got no spit. Right. Mm. Yeah. He's so scared. Yeah. That he can't even spit to, to clear his glass. Yep. It's got a like, wow. That's great. Dry mouth. That's so great. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you guys knew this. Uh, maybe you did. Be Hooper was originally written to die. Now, Hooper does die in the book. Right. Okay? And that's a long story and everything. Uh, but he, he gets killed in the same way. He gets in a cage, I believe, right? It's in the cage where essentially the shark breaks through and gets him. And, and gets him, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay? Originally, supposedly, he was going to die in the movie also. Uh, the reason why they don't kill him off or why they changed the ending was because they had a, a live shark attack the cage, mm-hmm. right? Yep. In the in the actual movie. And so the footage was so good that Spielberg says, we can't lose any of this. But now that the shark is, you know, has come out of the cage and is on top of the cage, you know, rattling around, what happened to Hooper? It, we, it's 1975. They don't have the CGI to be able to have him, the shark eat Hooper. Right. And so they said, okay, well, Hooper's going to have to live. We're going to just, you know, shoot a, a shot where he's like swimming down to the bottom. Mm-hmm. And that's apparently, from what I've, I've heard, that's the only reason he survives in the movie. That's right. So we get to the ending. Off the bat. Is this in your top five coolest movie endings ever? Yes. Yes, for me. I think so. I mean, it's, it's iconic, to say the least. This is just flat out cool. Mm-hmm. The boat is sinking. He's got a rifle, no glasses, so he can barely see. He's the most inexperienced one out of the three guys. Gets on top, starts jabbing the shark with a stick. The stick falls in the water. And now it's he's like, I don't is, was he even waist deep or something in the water? I don't remember no. how far he was. He wasn't, wasn't in the water at all. Wasn't in the water. For whatever reason, hasn't completely sunk yet. I don't know why. You know, because it sinks pretty good. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden it like stops sinking. Uh, clearly for movie reasons you got to yeah. give him an opportunity to get the shots well off. i think it's gonna start going vertical i think that yeah. has something to do with it maybe mm. anyway so he delivers you know that little that tension the music john williams music again so great mm-hmm. in that scene and the shark's coming at him after he's got the uh, tank in the mouth uh and he, he delivers one of the greatest lines ever <laughs> at least to be an andy yeah you know, uh, smile, you know, you blamity blam. Uh, <laughs> That's what my dentist tells me. Yeah. <laughs> Every time. Yeah. And then the explosion and it's so good. Wow. And, and Brody's laugh when after he does it, where he goes, ah! 
<laughs> it's just so great, man. It, it's just you're so happy for the guy. Like he, I did it. Yeah. Um, final lines of the movie. I used to hate the water. Mm-hmm. And Hooper replies, "I can't imagine why." <laughs> yeah. That's so good. Really good. Just a, a quick kind of uh, uh, analytical way of, of seeing this movie. Quint, he's an expert based on experience. Hooper represents science and the scientific approach to solving the problem. And Brody represents the common man who, with his back against the wall, or boat in this case, uses ingenuity to defeat the monster and win the day. Hmm. Both experience and um, science fail, but the common man solves the problem pretty cool i like it i I like that okay kill count before we get into the the topics here we counted six right right you counted six i counted i counted i counted six and possibly seven i counted well because you counted the dog (laughs) no right that's counting the dog here's what i got okay okay first kill chrissy second pippet the dog (laughs) third alex kintner four ben gardner Five, the rower. I just had him as man by Michael. Uh, and lastly, Quint. I'm putting a potential number seven here if we count Charlie's wife's roast. That was not a living being. <laughs> it's, it's still meat. You know, it's meat that, you know, didn't have to go down that way. Can you kill wasn't a meant, roast? Wasn't meant to be eaten by a shark. It was meant to be eaten by people. Okay. You know? um, were they approaching Christmas time? What time? No, it's July. It's July. Yeah, it's July. So, Okay, for some reason I had. Because did they mention Christmas roast? No, or he says holiday roast. Holiday roast. Yeah, that's why it was frozen. Okay. It right. was leftovers. Okay. But from it's just the like holiday. Fourth of July. Holiday They're not going to be able to afford it in the winter. Ah, there you go. There you go. Yeah. So so total kill count six really. All right. Best uh, best scene in the movie. Go. Final showdown between Brody and the shark. Okay, that's that's excellent. Yep. My favorite scene is tied between um, USS Indianapolis speech and Pippin's death. (laughs) (laughs) And when the shark appears behind Brody as he's slinging chum. Mm. That just few seconds, I can just watch over and over, over and over, and I always love it. Very good. For me, it's it's between... I I put down here the last 30 minutes. Can I put that... (laughs) No, that is uh, that's not so a scene. That's, it's too hard to pick, but uh, I'm going to choose uh, either Andy's or the USS Indianapolis speech. It's just, it's so good. It's so good. Um, worst scene in the movie. Quint nails on the chalkboard. That's the that's the town hall meeting. I hate the chalkboard nails. It's just, I, I can't. So it ruins the whole scene for you? Okay. Uh, my, my option B for worst scene in the movie is Harry with his man boobs. Oh. Dang. That's difficult to watch. But that's the whole scene, though. Or is it just that moment? It's the nails on the chalkboard. Just that three seconds See, is the seconds. most painful. Okay, so you don't have a worse scene. You have a worse moment. Yeah, uh, I don't have a worse scene. Worse scene or moment. Dang it. I'll give you mine while you think about it. Go. Uh, my least favorite. I don't think it's, it's necessarily bad, but when Sean, the youngest son, is mimicking Brody, I could always do without that. It seems what? like they, I used to think you. I used to thought 
you loved that scene. No. That's a great scene. No, I think they just added that to, you know, make moms happy or something. No. no that's cute. that's Brody realizing, you know, what's he going to leave behind here? He's going to have to confront his own fears for his own kids. This is his but, legacy. But, but at that point, I don't think he had made the decision yet to go on the boat and, and do this. As no, that was before Hooper showed up for dinner. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. They, they, they're still under Tiger Shark time. Right, yeah, but you know. he's 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 aware of a problem, and he does not know that it's been solved. Exactly. Hooper's already put the doubt. He's not in his convinced. Mind. He's just he's not tired. convinced. He just looks tired to me, and and his son's being cute and everything. But I don't know. That's just me. That's me. I'm just like I can fast forward these thirty you, you seconds. Have you know? No sentimentality, sir. Oh <laughs> my god, that's a great moment. Uh, okay, favorite performance in the movie can be main or supporting. Andy, uh, it. I, I, so I have three. Roy Scheider. You can't have three favorites. You're gonna pick the three guys. <laughs> no, Hooper was not in there. Oh, uh, the third one was Poor the Hoops. shark. The oh shark had gosh. a great performance. <laughs> oh <my gosh. laughs> the he, live one he, or he the mechanical was, one? He was difficult. He was uh, a difficult actor. That shark. okay. I dislike Shaw, Robert Shaw, a lot in this movie as Quint. He does a fantastic job. Yes, but man, he is not likable. That's I'm okay. Go, I'm though. gonna go with Brody. You're going with Brody. Yeah. Uh, okay. Andy only likes likable characters. In uh, yes, that's true. That's it. See, if, somebody could be a great actor and deliver an amazing performance, but if they're unlikable, Andy's out. If you don't like the character, it's because the actor did a good job. I said he did a fantastic job, but he's yeah. unlikable. That's what a, was the question? What was the question? Favorite performance. See, performance. Not favorite character. Performance. Does your dislike of Quint outweigh your like of Brody? Okay. Yeah, I wasn't saying I wasn't doing performance. He, Robert Shaw has the best performance yeah. as Quint. There you Damn. go. There you like, go. God, you. I hate him. There's only one answer, and, that, and, and, it's, and it's Robert Shaw. It's Robert Shaw. Uh, worst performance in the movie? Pippet? <laughs> I, I think Pippet. Pippet's yeah. uh, Pippet's little dog paddling. That was pretty good. Pippet does great. That. No, yeah. Pippet did. Pippet did a good job. Yeah. I, no, I, he got eaten, so I think he did not do a great job. <laughs> worst worst performance was probably that mom at the beach. Whenever they thought they saw the shark, and it was those kids, and they're all running away right off yeah. like out of the water and it's that one mom that's holding her, her oh kid, yeah and she's and just, she's just like, standing still <laughs> okay you know, you know what it's i very had, dramatic i had charlie down here but i think you might be right <laughs> what do you got against charlie i got charlie is like, he wasn't scared enough in my opinion he just kept he saying can we go home now because he, he didn't <laughs> see he didn't see the shark they yeah. never saw the oh size of the shark he should have been more scared <laughs> best line of the movie go smile you son of a bee we're gonna right. need a bigger boat. You're gonna need a bigger boat. Commonly uh, misquoted. Up, misquoted. Yeah. Yeah. Is it's, it we it's, or you're? It's you're gonna need a right. bigger boat. You're gonna. Yeah. Need, you're right. Um, I got an honorable mention. The ten thousand for me by myself. For that, you get the head, the tail, the whole dang thing. Mm. Worst line of the movie. I didn't write a worst. Okay. I didn't yeah. write a worst. I wrote three that I liked. I'll give it to you. It's when Hooper says, guys, I think he's come back for his afternoon feeding. <laughs> I felt that that was just unnecessary. <laughs> it was too jokey. Like, In a very you, serious you, you, situation. You could, you could, yeah, you could do away with that line. Just say, guys, he's back. Mm. Not guys, I think he's come back for his afternoon feeding. It just, I could have done without it. That's just me. <laughs> I, I, so I have one. Any of the sexist stuff that Quint says <laughs> when Brody is saying goodbye to Ellen and yeah. thinking he may not come back and yeah. he's just being a douche on the boat, making fun of him and saying sexist stuff. That's yeah. the worst line that, in the movie. That's pretty bad. Does this movie deserve a sequel 
or did it deserve a sequel, you could say? Okay, so my answer was yes and no. It would have sucked to never have a follow-up to this story. Mm -hmm. You'd have been thinking like, man, they're, you know. And at the same time, it's like, if this had been a one-off, you would say this is the, like, the greatest thing. They couldn't tarnish it, you know. And even though Jaws 2 is pretty good, Jaws 3 and 4 are bad. And, you know, it just spawned a whole bunch of shark movies that most of them had been really bad. And if it had been a one-off, it's like, man, it would have been, like, extra special. Yeah. So, yes and no. I would have hated not ever having a follow-up. Well, you need and to... And not seeing those I, characters. I, I, I agree with that. It got three sequels. None of them were <clears throat> necessary <clears throat> or as good. Jaws 2 was decent. I yeah. agree with you. And I, I like Robert... I, I like Roy, Roy Scheider's uh, performance in that movie. Um... But the idea of a, of a shark coming back, you know, a few years later, is just now you're really pushing it, right? And and so that's the thing for well, me. Well, it, it would have been gr- it, it would have been great if you could bring back these characters, but not with a shark issue. The story was always pushing it, though. I mean, this has always been fantasy because sharks don't like the taste of humans, yeah. and this shark is just devouring <laughs> humans left and left right. Left and right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, if you want to get nitpicky like that, yeah, then well, this whole movie doesn't. Pr- work. That's a pretty big thing, though. Yeah. I well, mean, it's just as because in honesty, in honest, honestly, I don't think it's that far fetched that the shark would come back, because uh, Hooper even says, "Well, it's a different shark, not the same shark." Yeah, no, but I'm yeah. saying another great white. Hooper even says that seeing a tiger shark in that water is really rare. So obviously, something about that water was attracting, or you know, coincidence. But there were other species of sharks that shouldn't really have been there that were. Mm-hmm. So it's not like out of the realm of possibility that hey another great white shark is showing up several years later yeah and how long but passes 10 years eight years no no it's like it's not that much. it's not that long because i how, think it's like it, it's, michael? It's, it's, it's between four four or five years i think michael's like what nine or ten and he's a teenager it's it's crazy yeah he has <laughs> he really grows up quick i don't i don't know all about that um hmm. we'd have to look into it but, but anyway but the question was does it deserve a sequel what does that mean did it really merit one because I don't think it needs a sequel. Right. I think that it should have stayed as is. Yep. I agree. But if you want to go based off of like, well, it's characters that people love and it's, um, uh, you know, financially successful, then those are the metrics that people use that say this deserves a sequel yeah. or that it merits one. It was inevitable. And yeah. I mean, especially back then. From it what was I've the learned. first summer blockbuster, right? Yeah. I mean, and it was inflation adjusted. It was, it's still one of the greatest performing movies yeah. of all time. And, yeah. and I think back in the 70s and 80s, there was a sequel business. Like, if something does well, absolutely. Get yep. get working on the sequel. Sure. It's coming. Yeah. I, I don't know if things have changed much, but It made anyway. more than 100 million back then. And that was just domestic. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, if there was a sequel, which was the best? Two. There's yeah, no we, question. There's, we don't have to talk about that. All-timers. <laughs> 3D. Okay. Is there an all-time performance sequence line in this movie yes to all of those i say so i had all-time line smile you son of a bee and also we're, you're gonna need a bigger boat mm-hmm. those are two all-timers in my yeah opinion. for sure mm-hmm. sequence the whole finale the the final the showdown yeah. yeah i think that sequence is iconic yeah and actually no the opening with chris's death is also iconic yes it is that death so there's more than one that's right so yeah. both of those, ending and beginning, are iconic. I had both of those, history. too. Yep. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Is this movie overrated, underrated, or properly rated? Properly, properly rated. That's what I had, too. Probably. Yeah. 
Um, winner, winner, chicken dinner. What is this, Andy? So this is who, basically, who was, was there a big winner from this movie? Can we change it to winner, winner, holiday roast? Roast. roast dinner. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so for me, and this is one where this might uh, elicit some conversation. Steven Spielberg was the biggest winner. Yeah, I agree. He had the best career out I of everybody. For me, hands down, he is the biggest winner of this movie. Went mm-hmm. through the the biggest nightmare out of anybody, right? Because it all fell on his shoulders as director. Uh, young guy, second movie, knocks it out of the park, creates the greatest summer blockbuster of all time, mm-hmm. probably, mm-hmm. and goes on to have one of the best careers a director could possibly want. Yeah. I feel like it, it's a no-brainer there. The only other person I could I could put it here in this uh, is uh, John Williams. He created one of the most iconic soundtracks and really just themes with yeah. two notes. Is this it like is... F and F sharp or something like that? Right. And that's it. Dun 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 dun. He uh, he won an Academy Award. John Williams. This was his second, actually, but he says that the first was for Fiddler on the Roof. So this was his first Academy Award that was music that was that was purely his creation, basically. That it was just all his. So it was special for him in that regard. Mm, well nice. deserved, because yeah. man, that such a simple... When Spielberg heard it the first time, because John Williams played it for him on a piano, uh, Spielberg laughed at it. He thought he was, he thought he was joking, because it was like, there's no way that this is it's it. It's too simple, right? Yeah, exactly. And then he's like, no, no, that's it. So, oh. Play it for me again. And the more he played it, the more he got it. Yeah. It's fantastic. This is the greatest shark movie ever, fact or fiction. Facts. I think it's a fact. That's okay. subject to opinion, though. Yeah, that seems pretty easy, okay? Yeah. But it gets a little bit harder. Okay. This is Spielberg's best movie, fact or fiction. Also, fiction. Also opinion, I've had... Well, that's pe- the whole point of I've, this category. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Um, based on the opinion of somebody who I respect very much, yes, it is. it is his greatest film. Despite making bangers the rest of the way. No, it's not his greatest. I think it, it is one of his greatest. I did what's, what's his greatest being? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not this. It's not this? Okay. I didn't really realize how many movies Spielberg had done. Yeah. I really thought he kind of disappeared after Jurassic Park because I like in the early two thousands when I was growing up, I'm like, no, I don't I... feel like he had done anything memorable to me. Hmm. You just weren't thinking about it, right? I, I just and wasn't aware. Did you go to the IMDb and you were just like, oh my God. Well, <laughs> I, I, I heard it one time on a different podcast and I'm like, good God. Like, that is amazing. What a remarkable career for yeah. that guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this is John Williams' best musical score. Fact or fiction? No. Fiction. No, because it's, it's simpler and it's iconic, but he does better work on other movies, I feel. Yeah. Okay. And then, fact or fiction, they should not have made a sequel. That's a fact. That's a opinion. that's a fact. I think that's a fact. Yeah. I think that one's pretty easy. Also, yep. mm-hmm. something I didn't mention uh, talking about the sequel. Spielberg originally had an idea for a sequel, which was going to be a prequel. Did you know? No, I didn't know this. Yeah, he he's if he was going to do Jaws two, it was going to be uh, the USS Indianapolis. Ooh, yeah, with a younger Quint. You know, and that whole thing. That would be some dark storytelling. Yeah. So, um, didn't get to happen. It was an idea that he, I guess, pitched. And um, it was denied. He couldn't film it either. I don't know that he wanted to, based on the nightmare that this movie was for him. Mm -hmm. But uh, if he was going to do it, that's the story he wanted to do. 
didn't happen. They went a different direction. Fact or fiction, they named the shark Bruce. Fact. That's a fact. I figured you know who they named it after? Spielberg's lawyer. Yep. <laughs> All right. See, we you know got, some things. Do you have a bunch more? No, that's no? it. Oh, okay. Almost casted. Would the movie have been better or worse with these people? I don't know how much research you guys did. I had two people that were noticeable to me. Um, Robert Duvall was offered Brody. He turned it down. He told Spielberg, I want to play Quint. Spielberg said no. Mm -hmm. Too young to play Quint. I mean, Robert Duvall is great. Yeah. But I don't see him in these roles. Mm. Really. I can Uh, see him as the mayor. Oh, you're going to like this one, B. Guess who else was offered Quint? Who? Sterling Hayden from The Killing. Oh, And also from The Godfather. Yeah. Oh, interesting. He was offered it. I guess he turned it down for whatever reason. Yeah, the three main guys, none of them were Spielberg's first pick. None of them. They, They had offered these roles to other people before. Yeah. And then these were the ones that said yes. It all worked out. Because now it's like... I don't want to see anybody else in there. <laughs> okay. Now, so you say that, but I, I thought of one person that I thought, I think I would have liked it more with this actor as Brody. Okay. I don't know that, yeah, I'm sure he wasn't offered the part. I don't think he was a, a movie star yet. But if you think about it, Harrison Ford is Martin Brody. This huh. would, this would so, be two years before Star Wars. Yeah. So I looked at a list of like 1975 movie stars and everybody was like tough guys, you know. Everybody that I saw on that list was like, oh yeah, they play these super like macho tough guys. And the role of Brody has to be somebody who's afraid, who can be vulnerable. And it's like Harrison Ford could do that in spades. I'm with Like you. he would mm. have been fantastic. I'm reimagining scenes right now with Ford. Yeah. Like specifically like the panic of not wanting to go up to the pulpit and when he sees yeah. the shark for the first time and he's just yeah. backing up and saying, You're gonna need a bigger boat, Ford could have pulled that I off. Could, I, I could I, see I, it. I, I thought that I'm like, wow. That's a good one. Yeah. That would have been really yeah. good. That would have been really good, man. And then when you see him in Star Wars, you're just like the guy from Jaws. You know? <laughs> he's awesome. And look, he can shoot in this one too. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, that's good, man. I like that. Uh modern day remake, now that we're talking about casting and stuff. Who else if, if this movie were this is my opinion. This movie doesn't work in modern day. Why? Not with all the technology that we have. Why? There's there's no way there's no way that the audience is going to buy it. Um, but if you place it back in the 70s again, you're just remaking the movie, okay? Mm-hmm. Or mm-hmm. Do, maybe you can take a few artistic liberties, but it's still in the 70s. I'm picking John Hamm for Brody. Okay? Okay. Um, for Hooper, John Krasinski. For Quint, Denzel Washington. Okay. For Ellen, Emily Blunt, just because it's Krasinski's wife, she can act, she'll be in a few scenes. For Mayor Vaughn, Chris Cooper. Can I ask you this? Okay, sorry, no, you said. This is still in the 70s. Yeah. But with today's actors. Exactly. I had not considered Denzel. I like Denzel as Quint. I think that works because it has to be... It has to be somebody who can play arrogant, but still remain somewhat likable. And that's the who I was looking for, too. My alternate for that, I know you'll like this, Gary Oldman. Oh, yes. Yeah. That would be good. As yeah. Quint. I, I, think I, he, I, I think he could do it. Yeah. Okay, so I went very simple with mine. I didn't go... I only went three deep. Um, okay. I didn't consider Ellen or Mayor Vaughn or anybody like that. Mm. Okay. Okay. And this is just simple. Ben Affleck as Brody. Matt Damon as Hooper. 
I like that. I think they both work <laughs> in both of those character roles. That's interesting. They have the New England cl- connection also. Yeah. Where they would speak in the accents and it's yeah. normal. It's not jarring oh, when you listen to it on film. Uh-huh. Okay. And then for Quint, I'm like, it needs to be somebody who can be, again, arrogant, but still remain somewhat likable. Like, you don't want to, like, go up to the bathroom every time they're on train. <laughs> Daniel Craig is Quint. Huh. That's interesting. Maybe I'm not, like, I'm, not, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say that Daniel Craig can't do it because he's got a lot of talent. Yeah, as he's proven, he does. You know, whenever he does the non James Bond roles, he 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 does well. Uh, who do you got in your lineup, B? Uh, Ellen Ana de Armas. <laughs> Why do I say it? Take this seriously, man. <laughs> he's oh my me. goodness. <laughs> uh, Brody Tom Holland. I'm kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> just relax. <laughs> Dude, that one, chill. that one offended this. Stephen very badly. Clint, <laughs> Clint is. A, I, I'm walking at it. I'm not even going to the movie if he's in it. Clint is Chris Pratt. I'm kidding. <laughs> Just, oh my god! I thought you were gonna say Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> oh my gosh! No, um, I was thinking. The thing is, though, is that his age. I don't know. Are you just thinking about this now? You were supposed to have written this down, man. I don't do any of that. Oh. I, do, I do no prep work whatsoever. It's whatever comes to me in the moment. Oh, that's terrible. That's how it. That's how we're, it is. We're gonna lose ten minutes. That's here. how I'm doing it. That's how I'm doing it. No, I don't have to give you the full lineup. But okay. the one that I was thinking though for sure was, um, I think for Quint, could be Christian Bale. Wow. I just don't know if he's got the age on him. Well, he's in his fifties. He's close. Is he? He's close. I mean, how old is Quint? I know Quint looks like he's seventy, but how yeah, old is he but really? But in the seventies, everybody looked older because Brody yeah. looked like he was in his mid to late forties, also, and I don't think he's supposed to be. Okay, right. so, so the and they USS, call Hooper a young man. The, the Indianapolis yeah. sank when in the forties, right? Forty-five. Yeah. So let's say that Quint was in his twenties when he that was happened. Twenty years okay? old, young, you know. And then this is. 33 years later so he's in his 50s so he's in his 50s yeah mm. bale can pull it off i think absolutely so. can yeah. can he like can we do something with the hair i don't want him to have a full head of hair i don't know he doesn't need to have a full it, head it, of hair it, it needs to be he thinning played, or something he played dick cheney i mean yeah. that guy can do anything yeah. Yeah. yeah we gotta yeah just just make him look you know a little bit more rugged <laughs> yeah I, I i like christian bale i think he could absolutely do it That's oh cool. yeah all right, who's keeping score? Was that basically like kill count? We already did that. No, no that no. was that was music. Music. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, no. we talked about the soundtrack. Yeah. John Williams, he killed it. Boss. Point of no return. The scene where if it comes on TV, you are no longer walking away from the movie. You're in the rest of the way. What is that point of no return for For you? me, it was the death of Alex. I think at that point, second death, you know, okay, they have a, a shark problem. How do they resolve it? And at that point, I'm committed to seeing it through. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. So that's agree. earlier on than me. Yeah. Oh, you were like... For me, it was as, as soon as the three guys are on the boat. As soon as the three guys set foot well, on the, the boat. It's the end of the movie, pretty yeah. much. Well, oh, it's, it's no. the last third, I guess, of the movie. It's, right? the, last, it's the last act. You're committed well, for well, the last it's, act? It's, that, it's, it's like what? 40 minutes they're it, on the boat it's like it's, 30 so that's minutes a, that's a total good, it's a good chunk right there the movie's like an hour and a half it's it, like 150 yeah it's Is almost it? two hours yeah yeah okay well that's that's my answer so anyway. you're you're committed for the last act basically otherwise yeah. it's like beginning of the movie because i love this movie it's in my top three movies yeah so um yeah that's it for me okay 
Now our special friend categories, what we call the hidden categories. Now for our listeners at home and viewers at home, do, do we need to explain? No, let's not explain any of this. What? <laughs> let's leave some mystery behind. Yeah, it. yeah, what? yeah. Eventually they'll figure it out. Oh, what? this guy Jacob hates technology. What are hidden topics? Okay, all right, fine. No explanation. Here we go. Let's just let's just dive right in. All right, Jake's most hated tech of the movie. Let's do this in order. It's going to be Andy, and then you go B, and then I'll go last. Okay. Jake, for Jacob, it would be the radio on the Orca. Yeah, it didn't work. That's, that's, it anyway. that's what I got. <laughs> He probably breaks it because he thinks the government is tracking them <laughs> or because it doesn't work well and he just breaks it because of that. But it's like, there's no way. Yes. It's, Jake, it's the radio. <laughs> Jake on the Orca tries to call for a bigger boat. Oh my gosh. Gets static no. and then gets the bat. Oh yeah. my gosh. Like right away. Oh, I had, re- I had heard the same thing and I was just, he'd probably think like, Quint, we don't need tech to take this shark down. Okay, next one. Edgar's item of the movie that was too expensive to buy at retail. <laughs> okay. So I have the definitive answer here. Oh my gosh. It is Quince Services. Oh my gosh! We had the same one! We had the same one! Quince okay. offer! And here's here's the logic. $3,000 was the equivalent today to $16,000, $116. Okay? So okay. it's not an insignificant amount of money okay and there were lots of volunteers available at that price okay lots of people came from the mainland to this little island it's like for That's three amazing. grand we I, will catch and kill this shark i okay? love this category and so quint was demanding 10 grand and that was the equivalent today to fifty three thousand seven hundred nineteen dollars there's no way edgar pays that much no. he's like no three grand and i got all these takers don't need you thank yeah. you <laughs> i wrote the same one down and i put e would be like i'll wait till he brings it down to 5k <laughs> He's like the. He's like, yeah. People keep dying. Like, no, I'm waiting for the sale. Yeah, yeah. Give, 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 give Quinn some time. He'll bring it down. He's not even. Oh Oh my gosh. He's just gonna agree with the mayor then. It's like, let's just wait then. Let's just wait. (laughs) What did you have, B? I didn't have anything. I don't have a good one for for this. Oh my For this topic, I don't. I really don't. All right. Well, next movie, you better have one. All right, I will. Andy's favorite vacation spot from the movie. Okay, so for me, it's the beach at the opening of the movie where Chrissy dies. You know, being on a sand beach with friends over a fire, drinking a beer in the summer. That sounds great. Except for the shark. (laughs) And the corpse. Oh, man. Well, the corpse was, you know, later. That was the next day. But that night where they're just all hanging around a fire on the beach, that sounds magical. That's a good vacation spot for me. What do you got, Brian? Okay. I figured a good vacation spot for you would have been... um, like the Brody household. No? Close to the water. Yeah, because it's on, on an island. It's on the water. It's right there next to the beach. Seems spacious. Yeah, that's fair. There's not a lot of areas Natural you know, light. In, in this movie. There's yeah, they don't go very far. The no, options, so I wrote down the mainland. Anywhere away from the shark. <laughs> <laughs> that's also fair. All right. Steven's racial complaint of the movie. Um, I originally had a racial complaint about this movie that was legit. And as I rewatched it, I'm like, nope. I originally thought that uh, there were no black people in this movie at all. Not even like for a second. But there are. I counted them. <laughs> There's there was a black guy on one of the boats that went out with Ben Gardner. He was kind of like he was kind of like half black. The other guy uh, there was a black woman on the beach on the Fourth of July, and then there were two black kids running in the water. 
Uh, then there was another one that swims by and a couple more be behind Vaughn later. So like seven total black people. They're in there for like a, a second or two each, but that's it. Yeah. So not really, you know, complaining much. Good job. Good job, Steven. Steven so, Spielberg. Hey, none of them could have been given speaking lines? Yeah, you're giving him more credit yeah. than I think he deserves. <laughs> it is what it is. So I wrote that your complaint would be almost no black people in the whole movie. Yeah. Hashtag Amity so white. There you go. But I did see some at the 54 minute mark when the large ferry arrives to Amity for travel with travelers for the oh, weekend. Yeah. It's like that's where I first saw, it. and I didn't count oh. like you, but I'm like, okay, I see a couple black people. But it, yeah. it, that made me think of something else that we'll talk about in a subsequent category. Gotcha. Caden's uh, most likely moment to scream something out in the theater. All these that I have are inappropriate. So, <laughs> but that's what he would do. Yeah, give, so, give him your first one. I'm not gonna say mine. Mine was really bad. So go ahead. Well, the the first one, the safe one, was just when Bad Hat Harry and his man boobs are on the beach. He would definitely yell something out. What? What like, would he yell? Woohoo or something. <laughs> Do something. You got one, B? I'm uh, not. I'm not saying mine. I fi <laughs> I figured um, cause there's there's oh god, I feel bad. Say I uh, the obvious one is probably Chrissy. Maybe, because he probably I, I had something to, yeah, that. where he's just like, woo! <laughs> <laughs> All right, you said it. Then, yeah. That was mine. Yep, that was mine. Anyway, I'll, I'll tell you mine after after we turn off yeah, the mic. Off Brian. the air. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Brian's vexing issues. Okay, I have a couple here. Go for it. Okay, the first one, the opening death scene of Chrissy, which I had mentioned earlier. It really seems like the shark takes its time to kill her. Uh, it kills a lot faster the rest of the movie. It's like it was learning to kill, and by the end of the movie, it's perfected the art. Because it kills Alex in one second, and, you know, the guard, the uh, the guy, the rower in the pond in a second. It feels like it kills much faster later on in the movie. So I thought that was interesting, uh, the way that was done. So my question as far as, you know, going back to the, the black people showing up in the movie, is Amity a town of wealthy people? Yes. And I mentioned no. that. Yes. No. Well, I was divided on that too. Okay, they're upper class, so but they depend on their businesses. They're, so it makes you think that they're not wealthy because they are very, very dependent. Like if they close the beach even for the Fourth of July weekend, the whole year yeah. is gone. If yeah. they were wealthy, they could survive without a weekend. But of open beaches. But but maybe they just don't want to lose money. No, I don't think that it's necessarily that. Literally, they're going bankrupt. That, okay, I. So I, I, I thought both ways, and I don't know what I ultimately came to. I think ultimately I came to the conclusion that they aren't wealthy. But immediately in the beginning of the movie, they compare Amity to uh, other alternative beach towns. Cape, Cape Cod. Cod. The Hamptons. I think Martha's Vineyard, maybe? That's like these are uh -huh. These are all like high up wealthy places. Mm -hmm. Like Wealthy people wouldn't go to amity if they could go to the hampton so it has to be like that they're all wealthy that's, that's that was my, kind of my understanding it's like yeah. you don't go from you know this bad side of town to the good side of town if you and, have a choice it's like so why would they go to amity at all if they weren't also wealthy like and wealthy people wouldn't go maybe to if there were some poor town maybe right? they're not mm -hmm. all wealthy right not literally everybody on the island is wealthy but i would say that there's a good portion that is okay i can so, see that I, I, so I came to the conclusion it explains probably why there's no black people on the island. It's because it's, you know, maybe upper class. Uh, and But at the same time, it presents the residents of Amity as blue-collar working class people. 
Hmm. So ultimately, I don't know really where I lied as far as my conclusion. That's why I had it in vexing issues. It vexes you. Yes. <laughs> I see. Okay. So my next one was, uh, as far as Mrs. Kittner, I believe she was a hypocrite. Um, so let, oh, wow. let, let me read what I wrote here. So she blames Brody for not warning people that there was a shark in the water after Chrissy's death. Yeah. Brody planned on putting up signs closing the beach on the authority of Amity PD, but was told that he didn't have the authority by Larry and the city council members. And the coroner then said he was amending his report to say it was a boating accident, not a shark attack. Given that we saw other people's behavior and insistence on being allowed to go in the water even after the beaches get closed, even Ellen allows Mike on his little boat after he was feet away from Alex's death. Do we really believe that she would have kept Alex, her son, if he really wanted to go into water, out of the water when other people were doing, other kids were in the water at the same time, even if she had known? And I say no. She would have caved, just like every other parent on that beach caved and let their kids in the water immediately. And that was already after multiple shark attacks where they were still letting their kids in the water. Hmm. It was on the fourth death where they finally said, well, crap, we probably have to do something about this shark now, huh? And so I just don't believe. She's like, I, you should have told people. And so she slaps Brody. And I'm like, she's, she's a hypocrite. She doesn't know it, of course. But she would have let her kid in the water. Mm-hmm. Regardless of them warning people. Because multiple people died and they warned people. And the, the town knew. And they were still going in the water. Mm-hmm. And they were freaking out about the idea of even 24 hours of not being able to go on the beach. Mm-hmm. So I just think she was a hypocrite. If this was a trial... I think one of the lawyers goes right now, uh, objection, speculation. <laughs> there is no way that uh, Mr. Arias can attest to what Mrs. Kittner did or did not yeah, think. Her, her line of Her thinking. state of mind. <laughs> yeah, her state of mind. Okay, so this is, a, this is a big one. Hooper has the much nicer boat. Why didn't they go on his boat? Because it's Quint. Yeah, Quint's got all the stuff. It doesn't. Hooper has a nice boat with like sonar, and they probably Quint's the boat that makes foot it on that boat. There's no that, way that's against his religion Quint, to step on Quint's that. Quint's the captain of his boat, and he's the one getting hired. Yeah, there's no way they're going to use vessels. It's, it's a bigger boat too, nicer boat. <laughs> probably has a work, has a working captain. radio. That should have been your vacation spot. It's just Hooper's, <laughs> it's Hooper's, Hooper's boat. boat. Hooper's boat. <laughs> Hopefully on the inside it's nice too, right? Yeah. <laughs> it has all the amenities. Okay, next question. Is Larry Vaughn the most incompetent mayor in movie history? No. I think he's got to be up there. He did a really, really bad job. <laughs> I, incompetent? But, but, but that's the thing. We're seeing it as the viewers. We see the entire picture. He does not. You'd have to put yourself in his shoes right. to really be like, okay, is he really that dumb? No, he's he's basing it on what he has seen, you know, and I haven't seen a shark. We have no proof that it's a shark. Okay, you- uh, so I, I would go Tom Cruise in A Few Good Men here when he uh, cross-examines Jessup. Mm-hmm. He knew about the shark, and then he cut these guys loose. He doctored the, <laughs> he doctored the medical examiner's logbook. <laughs> um, I really believe he knew it was a shark, and it was bad for business, so the hope is the shark will just go away, that the shark wasn't going to stick around. I yeah. honestly believe he just didn't want, he wanted to bury his head in the sand and pretend that there was no shark when there absolutely was a shark. Since Quint died, who got the $10,000? Ooh, that's a good question. Never gets answered because it's not really important. That is Did a good Brody question. get a bonus? Um, I bet they're not giving it to Brody. Technically, their deal was with Quint. 
And if Quint didn't make it, they're just going to say, okay. You know, they didn't specify in the movie, did they, how they were paying him and when? Because he said 10000 and 200 a day, right? But did they yeah. say specifically when he's getting paid? Or did they no. ever show it? I don't think so. No. The book makes a, uh, a reference to it that he gets paid cash, and it's like every day up front. Mm-hmm. So, but they they don't ever go back to the mainland, right? So he didn't even get his two hundred bucks, poor guy. So the thing, unless is, they paid him the, fir- the first thing, you know. So really, it, the town's out two hundred bucks. If they did, most. no. If they paid the ten thousand up front, no, 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 no. they would have paid two hundred. Oh, a day. and then ten thousand if he would have gotten after it's done. That's right. Yeah, and it was a voucher to pay him, so it was going to be like an IOU. So he got nothing. Well, Quint- other than the two hundred bucks when he left that morning, Quint didn't yeah. catch it. He didn't deliver the head, the tail, and the whole dang thing. No, he, he <laughs> so didn't he doesn't Jack. get paid. Right. So Amity holds that money. Yeah. Okay. So last one. End of the movie. All that blood from the shark that exploded. How many other sharks got close to Brady, Brody, and Hooper? I mean, they'd already found a tiger shark in the water earlier in the movie. Mm, so how got, many sharks are circling all that blood and thinking they got lucky? Food. I think they probably just barely made it to land. Before, before, other sharks b- before the other shark showed up. That could be, yeah. And then also there's the idea of, like, <clears throat> if you got this great white that's, like, territorial, that none of these other sharks are going to approach for well, a they, while. Well, they got the tiger shark. That's true, they did. And they're going to go to the source of blood. So at least they'll leave Brody and Hooper alone for a while. Yeah, so anyway, that was it. I had a lot of... I was very vexed in this movie. <laughs> My vexing issue is how exactly did Ben Gardner die? Uh, shark so, must have knocked him over, right? Yeah, so he w- he went out uh, shark hunting like everybody else. And he just never came back. Right. So his boat apparently got headbutted headbutted by the shark, and it just it took tipped over. But the shark didn't fully eat him. Well, it, we didn't see what else other than the head, but we yeah. didn't see the head detached. No, right? No, the so. head the head's attached. Yeah, but so maybe he ate the the other half. But it's weird to me that it's just like, and it's in the boat. You know what I mean? Yeah. But and the boat is still, like, intact. Intact. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. fully sunk either. Mm. I don't know. Mm. Needless to say, I was quite vexed by it. Yeah. Okay. Next one. Juana's chef's kiss male character of the movie. Can I just answer this for everybody? It's bad hat it's, Harry. It's bad hat Harry. Movie. Yeah, it's got to be Harry. Oh my gosh. There's no way it's it not. Like, uh, I, like, I like y'all's answer better. <laughs> okay. Iris's best moment to stretch your legs. Y'all already know that for me, it's uh, Sean imitating Brody. <laughs> okay, so I, I put two. It's a good couple minutes here. to stretch there. One when they're loading the boat to go hunt the shark and Quint's being a doofus <clears> and sexist. Good movie. Good moment to go stretch your legs. And then also right after Quint finishes the Indianapolis story where they start singing. I would get up and go to the restroom at that point. Mm. You didn't like the singing? No, I did not care for the singing. When all the barrels are getting shot, because I don't know why that seems to just kind of drag a little bit, you know? Yeah, it's a, a bit long, yeah. Shark comes, near miss, whatever. I mean, it's all important. Gotcha. Er, like, every... No, every, everything's valid. One There's of no the, wrong answers here. One of the, Like, each of those encounters, something important does happen to service the plot. So I'm not saying that it's necessarily... But it's not something necessarily also that you have to be hyper-focused and engaged. Because you yeah. know more or less what's going on. Right. Okay, uh, Nieces, that's not funny, honey. Moment of the movie. Okay, so I, I have uh, literally what's interesting about that category in this movie. There are two moments in this movie where they say exactly that. 
almost word for word. Yes. That's not funny. That's right. Yeah. That's yeah. Not, I don't think that's very funny. So the first one yes. is when uh, somebody asks, is that $3,000 bounty on the shark in cash or check yes. at the town hall meeting? Yes. <laughs> and Mrs. Taft says, I don't think that's funny. I don't <laughs> think that's funny at all. Yeah. And so fun fact about her, she shows up in Jaws 1, Jaws 2, and Jaws the Revenge. Really? Yeah. In Jaws 2, she's credited as Select Woman, not Mrs. Taft. But in Jaws 4, she's Mrs. Taft. Again. I mm. wonder if that actress had some sort of pull, the fact that she came back for those movies. Like, well, maybe just because she's in Amity. They're like, yeah. we need people who are familiar. Yeah. Uh, and then the other one was when Hendrix, uh, Brody's deputy, tells Brody about then Herder and Charlie's failed attempt at capturing the shark the morning after it happened. Um, and so he says they spent some time on the dock trying to figure out how to tell Charlie's wife what happened to her freezer full of meat. <laughs> Brody's response, that's not funny. That's not funny at all. Yeah. Uh, wow. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So B, two, did you two have of those. Mine, mine is probably, if on the off chance someone laughs at uh, Pippet's death, <laughs> she's saying, yeah, that's yeah. not funny. Yeah. Um, for me, it's Hooper's, is anyone eating this? <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's so rude, man. <laughs> it's like, she probably just made that for him. He wasn't eating it, though. I think yeah he was he wasn't in the state to eat but he was still, distracted. The fact that he just got there, you don't know these people that well, and you're just like, is anyone eating this? And you just yeah. pull the plate. Up. He doesn't wait for a response. He just grabs it. Yeah, and goes to town on yeah, it. Yeah, for somebody wealthy, he didn't have great manners. Yeah, that's true. Although he did bring two <laughs> bottles of wine, so he did have manners. That is yeah. true. Yeah. He just knew. You can tell from Brody's face, he's yeah, not hungry. No one's eating. He's this. distracted. He's not gonna <laughs> eat it. All right, Selly's choose a child category. So we don't really know what this means, do we? This category. No, we came up with it, but I wasn't really we, sure. So we I kind of made up it with up. Anything. So here's what I did. I applied it this way. If you had to um, have one character die that doesn't die in the movie and have one character live that doesn't live in the movie. Oh, I figured this which, is, of the char- I did it. which of the characters that died gets to live. No. Yeah, well, and you're kind of reversing fates. That's how I'm I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have Quint live and Hooper die. Dang. For it to be, not because I want it, but it has to be difficult, right? You're mm-hmm. choosing a child. You don't want either one, necessarily. Or maybe you want one, but you don't want to have to sacrifice the other. And so, so it's got to be a tough call. It's got to be a tough call. Otherwise, you know, it's not a, a fun category at all. So Quint living, of course, I would love to have had Quint in Jaws 2, think about that. Like another adventure, and he, he's like, we're taking my, uh, the Orca 2. <laughs> he's like, just, I spent all this time building it. It's even better. <laughs> As a working radio. Yeah. <laughs> all right, last category here. Miriam's best dressed character of the movie. This is so easy. Yeah. It's Hooper. Yeah. Hooper shows up looking all cool with his, you know, all denim look and the beanie. Um... Although he he was stupidly ruined that look when he cuts open the tiger shark with no protective gear, mm. and he's just drenched in like intestinal juices from this tiger shark. I'm just thinking that's so gross. Mm. And then gross is also when Brody picks up the license plate with no glove that <laughs> was just inside of the tiger shark, just starts like fondling it, like oh cool. The smell had to be horrible. Yeah, oh. and well he did a good job portraying it too. The smell. Yeah. Yeah, that was, but it's Hooper. It's Everybody Hooper else, me, so. yeah. My pick would have been uh, Mayor Vaughn. You know, the, <laughs> that, that suit with the uh, with the anchors on it. Very summer. Very stylish. Yeah. Got to yeah. hand it to him. He's always had the coolest suits. All right, guys. We did it. 
First one under the belt. Congratulations. How do you feel? Oh, I feel great. I like this. This is a good experience. I know we went a little long, but it was worth it to me. And uh, and we'll figure it out We'll later. tighten it up in the future. Yeah, we'll tighten we're, it up in the future. We're 4,000 measures in. Yeah, no, we won't have it this <laughs> We won't have this many notes like we did in this one, um, and we'll be able to go quicker, so... Uh, but I think I think it's great that we we made it through our first one. So yeah, because uh, when we do Endgame, it's a three-hour movie. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> so we we, yeah. we got to really really yeah, keep to a that, schedule there. That, that's gonna be rough. Um, and perfect timing because my battery's dying here. I'm at fifteen percent. <laughs> great. Well, to our listeners out there, if you've stuck with us for this long, and viewers too, please uh, let me know if you stuck with us this long, and I might give you a fifty-dollar gift card to somewhere. That's Maybe. a steep. Uh, <laughs> reward? Just, just saying. What? Just, it, it might happen. It might happen. Let me know if you stuck around. What no. in the world? You should have said. You should have thrown that in like at hour one, in the <laughs> middle of this, and and then see no, if someone. That's like Quint's ten thousand dollars. Nobody's ever gonna see it. 